Hey guys, welcome back to the Real Life in Real Estate podcast. I'm Hazel Emlin, your host with Rapid Start of Real Estate, and I'm here with a guest who's been with us before. I'm here with Miss Teresa Perry of Caliber Home Loans here in Vacaville. Hi. Hey, Teresa. Thanks so much for being on the podcast again. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I kind of wanted to, to have you back on because I think it's a really good time. It's the end of quarter one for 2021. I think it's a good time to kind of reassess where we're at compared to 2020. I mean, there's a lot of people that have questions about what's going on in our real estate market. So I thought it'd be a good idea to have you on and just kind of Go over them all. <laughs> yeah, just kind of revisit and just kind of see, you know, where where we are at. Kind of get a little temperature reading, if you will. Yeah, so, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, so do you want to just kind of like dive in? Yep, let's do it. Awesome. So one of the big questions, I'm sure you get this every day. I get this every day, pretty much also, but is, you know, what are rates doing? A lot of people are a little nervous right now because they're hearing all these things. Are we going to head for a crash? Is the rates going to jump up again? Are all the rates going to jump up again? Or are they staying where they're at? Are they going to go back down? All these different, you know, questions. And I know what I tell them. <laughs> but I'm curious because you're in this business, you know, you see it every day. What are your thoughts? Kind of where are things at right now? So, I mean, they're definitely going up. They're yeah. they're on the rise. So, the I mean, we've got big numbers coming out that are really affecting our interest rates right now. Inflation mm-hmm. numbers. Those are, you know, when inflation goes up, rates go up. And, right. Um, so they're going up. I mean, really what the markets are saying is they are going to see a rise here in rates. And by saying a rise, I don't think that means it's going to go up a full percent. Right. I mean, maybe, but I, I really think it's just going to be a little bit higher than what we're at now and probably through the summer. They do think by the end of the year, they're going to probably start ticking back down and, um, maybe even back to low. I mean, they're calling it low again for 2022. Really? Okay. They are, but there's no prediction that values are coming down. Values are still supposed to keep going up. People are still making more money who are in the workforce. I mean, I just, I don't think there's going to be a big crash that everybody thinks there's going to be. Right, right. And I totally 100% Exactly what you just said is what I'm kind of telling my people is we expected this. We expected rates to not stay where they were at. We've been really spoiled in the twos. And, you know, they're still, at least, you know, when we're filming this podcast right now, still floating in that general area. Yeah. But they are ticking back up. We're inching closer to the threes now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll inch closer to the fours. Who knows, right? We can't know for certain. But, um, you know, this is something that should not be a surprise to anyone you know, because we should have expected this and we did expect this. You know, 2020 was great in the fact that we had those amazingly low interest Crazy rates. Crazy low. But it's not something that can last forever, right? No, and it's funny too because um, I had, I, I was watching a, a little thing the other day and the guy was talking about, he had compared year over year rates. Mm-hmm. We're actually still, I think he said an eighth. It was either an eighth or three eighths. I should have written it down lower than we were this time last year. Interesting. Yeah, but I mean, rates got really low. This is right right when they started to go back down again. So, I mean, people think, you know, oh, they might be getting scared or nervous. Rates are going up, but man, values are still going up. Right. I mean, every time I prequal someone, you know, and maybe, or I shouldn't say prequal, when I'm updating someone, what they were approved for six months ago isn't getting them what right. they... Yeah, and that's a whole another piece of the puzzle we'll, we'll talk about for yeah. sure. Um, and just kind of staying on rates for a second. You know, I, I um, have been telling my clients that are curious about buying this year, 
you know, because they come to me and they say, hey, should I just sit this one out? Because, gosh, I don't want to compete in this market. I totally get it. This market sucks if you're a buyer. I mean, <laughs> it, it really does. You're working with limited inventory and you're working with just crazy competition. Right. And so you're paying well over the asking price, usually with very competitive terms. And we'll dive into that in a second. But, you know, the other piece of that is interest rates. And that directly affects your mortgage payment. And it so does. if you kind of put the brakes on things and, you know, want to wait to see what rates are going to do or whatever... I mean, we could be looking a couple months down the line, a few months down the line, and um, you know, rates could be in a totally different area, yeah. and now you can't afford even what you thought you were going to be able to afford a few months before that. No, and even if, even if for some reason, let's say right now or this summer, rates are high, and let's say mm-hmm. they get better. I mean, as much as I don't want to say just refi for the lower rate, we have to make sure, obviously, it makes sense, but at least you would have that option right. to refinance. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you wait it out and values are $50,000 more by then, now the value has outpriced you possibly. Right. So right. you really can't just let rates be driving what you're doing. They're still low. Yeah. I mean, twos and threes are low. They were 17% back in the 90s, you know? Yeah, and, that, and I think that's what, what's hard for people to kind of grasp you know especially people like you or I who are younger right who didn't see home prices I'm not that young but, but you know we maybe weren't in the market right. then to like yes. buy a home you know we didn't experience those types of interest rates that high you know yeah. um we've been so spoiled with I the mean lows. gosh yeah even in 2018 even 2019 when we were floating in the fives, close yes. to six percent, we still thought, "Hey, that's a great, that's yes. a great interest rate." And it is because historically speaking, it is a we've good seen rate. rates twice as high, three times as high mm-hmm. before. And you know, so I, I think I agree with you that yeah, I mean, it it, it kind of sucks, right? That rates are going up, but at the same time too, they're still historically low. Yes. And so you know, thirty years from now, that rate you know that you got today is. <laughs> still going to be the rate that you're paying well, yeah. unless you, you know, prepay your home right. you know, sooner. But, you know, so it's just, I think it's something to take advantage of because you don't want to miss the boat completely. Right. And then a year from now, we're in a totally different ballgame. Exactly. And I mean, that's why I always tell people, you know, just watch the market. Stay in it. Yep. What if your dream house comes up? Like, why would you even risk missing out on that? Right, right. Well, that brings me to the next kind of poison to the equation is the <laughs> the prices yes and and they go hand in hand rates and prices right now it's just a double whammy for buyers I mean it's just it's hard it is hard I mean I have clients I you and I were just talking about it I had a client that had to offer a hundred thousand dollars over asking on a property and that's just what it took they had that many offers and the next highest offer was just a little bit under that one and he went in there almost dang near not or you know with no contingencies you know Mm -hmm. we had a really really tiny one just enough to get inspections done beyond that he released the loan he released his appraisal and went in this thing just hey i'm gonna pay you what i'm offering and i mean it not every case is that bad right yeah. where you have to go a hundred thousand over but i would say for people who are wondering at least in our local market i'm easily telling people 35 over at least at the bare minimum 35 is the number i would look at so right. if you have your pre-approval for let's just say 535 you better be shopping a lot lower. Exactly. You should actually be looking at homes maybe closer to 500000 because you need room for the yes, sucky part over. of competing with other people, right? So, um, and, and I agree what you mentioned in the beginning. They're not going back down. They're not changing. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just something that we're going to be facing probably, honestly, the rest of 2021. I wouldn't even be surprised into 2022 if we're seeing just the same kind of 
not as drastic maybe next year, but, you know, the same kind of competitiveness where there's just not enough inventory. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just going to keep going up. Yeah. Well, and then that's the, the thing, too, is I try to explain to people is, you know, let's say the house at 123 Main Street sold for 500000 And maybe in your mind it was worth four fifty, mm-hmm. And maybe against all the comps at the time, it is worth four fifty. But now that it sells at 500000 that's the new comp in the neighborhood. And that comparable sticks for six months. Right. So if you're looking to buy on that street six months from now, guess what? All the other homes that come up for sale are held to that standard. And so prices really are not changing. Yeah, you're not losing. You're, you're not overpaying right. for the home exactly. in this market. You're really not. Exactly. It's going to be worth more, like exactly. you said, because now your house is that new comp. Right, right. And I think that's a concept that's, I think, hard for people to grasp is mm-hmm. that, yes, I mean, it sucks to have to pay that much over for a house. I mean, nobody wants to do that. But it kind of is what it is in this market. And it's probably just going to get worse before it gets better. And so you don't want to just wait and bank on prices dipping. Because I really don't think they are. But then you might just miss everything altogether. Miss the opportunity for the price point that you want to be in. uh, Mm -hmm. To get whatever house you want. And then the interest rate. Right. And get a lower payment. Right. On top of that. So it's like they all go hand in hand. Agreed. No, I, I, I think you're totally on point with that comp explanation because it's very different from what buyers are used to. They're used right. to having a little bit of negotiating power and wanting to go in, man, cutting it and going in for less than. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, gosh. I mean, end of 2019, we had the ability to negotiate price, mm-hmm. you know, into those winter months when homes were sitting, yeah. you know, for sometimes weeks on end, you had the opportunity to negotiate. That opportunity is now past. It's and not here anymore. I don't think it's going to be there for a while. I mean, if I'm being completely frank and honest, we also don't know for 100% certain. But the way things are looking is I think this is just the market we're going to be in. It's going to be a seller's market until there's enough inventory to level things out. It's just going to, unfortunately, I think, remain the way it is right now. I agree. I I totally agree with that. And that's why I still think you should watch the market. If you're Mm -hmm. a shopper, don't let it scare you. Don't let it, don't, don't get yourself worked up thinking, you know, I'm going to overpay. It's going to crash. It's going to be like, oh, wait, it's nothing like that. It's nothing like that right now. No, no. And then that's a whole another beast maybe another conversation for a you know a different day or or, you know a different podcast Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't think the market is crashing 2008 is different times this is something completely different whole another beast yeah (laughs) and and i think what we're also seeing is just um kind of the other part to that equation is the inventory is still still low it's gotten better it's gotten better since 2020 but it's nowhere where it needs to be (laughs) I mean, uh, they're just, they're not building homes fast enough. The new homes that are here in our area, they're just not going up quick enough. And and those homes, I even had a client, you and I have the client, he went to the new homes over in Sacramento, and I won't name the builder, but uh, (laughs) we were in a multiple offer situation. They had 30 offers for six homes. Gosh. Six homes. And, And you just, we've never seen anything like that. And these poor new, new developers, the, the, um, the representatives in those office, they're swamped. Yeah, they don't know how to keep up. They don't up. know how to keep up because, I mean, they're not used to seeing the amount of demand. And people are just praying and, you know, hoping that, you know, when they're on the wait list, that their number comes up in the, the right time where the rate works for them and the price point works for them. And it's just, it's tough all around in new construction and in resale. 
which is something, I mean, since I've been in this, I haven't been in a market like is competitive as it is yeah. right now. Yeah. It's nuts. I mean, it's it's literally, I mean, I've said this before, but it is still the wild, wild west. I mean, I get up every day and I'm like, okay, what kind of race is it? It's, it's most likely still a marathon. You know, it's just, it's that kind of feeling where, I mean, time is of the essence. You have to go see something quickly. Yes. You and, and that's actually one thing too I wanted to bring up because I, I have clients that are like, oh, well, you know, maybe next Saturday we can go see that house, mm. right? They don't understand that that house might not be there on Saturday. It might not be available. Or even if it is, there are so many people that want to see that same house. You might not get in. Exactly. There's not enough time. There's not enough time. You got to think. There's probably several. I would even venture to say 20, 30, 40, 50 people that are in your same price point in that same area, maybe even more. (laughs) that are looking at that one house. There's only so many hours in a day, right? you know? And so there has been times where your my clients, they'll wait too long. And then all of a sudden, there's no available times for us to go in and actually see the property. So you have to be on top of it. You gotta be on top of it. As soon as it comes on, mm-hmm. you gotta get in there. Even if you do wanna wait a day, two days, whatever, you know, to go see it, get a time slot secured because more times than not, I'm seeing on the confidential remarks on the MLS, no more showings. Oh. No more showings. There's no more times available. (laughs) Exactly. They've stopped allowing, you know, people to request appointment times. But a positive in this is you're still, you're still getting people in contract. Yeah. People are still, it's not, um, it's not impossible. No, exactly. It's doable. You just have to be you know, prepared and be ready to jump like what you were saying. Yeah, and actually that kind of is a perfect segue (laughs) to my next question. I mean, what are you, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but again, times are a little different now than they were back in 2020. Mm -hmm. I mean, not too much different, but a little bit. bit. (laughs) What would you um, suggest, you know, from a lender's perspective on what to suggest for a buyer to be prepared, you know, to do or to to have ready, you know, so yeah. that way when they're ready to see a house and make an offer that they're ready to go. So I suggest in our pre-approval, for one, I mean, no matter what, you you have to be pre-approved. You need yeah. it before you can even go see the house anymore. But yeah. what I'm telling them is I need your verifications even up front right now because those are, you know, those are one factor that are holding things up and we have right. to get them so many times throughout the process. You know, just having that, having... You know, your lender makes sure they've got your automated RAN through Fannie or Freddie, you know, because having all that done up front, having all your docs in, all your documentation, anything like that. So when you go to make the offer, mm-hmm. you know, Hazel will call and say, oh, can can we cut contingencies? Can we, you right. know, and in in, we have it all done up front, you can, yeah. Go for it, Hazel. We'll run with you. <laughs> well, and that's and that's actually a great point because that's that's what I ask you sometimes mm-hmm. is like, hey, just a heads up, we're yeah, we're moving the loan contingency, and part of what I want to know is confidence enough, you know, from the lender side, just right. that you have what you need, so that way we're not putting our clients in a position that can get you know, them in. yeah, it gets mm-hmm. gets them into some trouble or you know puts a lot of risk in into into play. Right. Um, so that's a great point to just kind of have all that background stuff done. Everything. Because otherwise mean, you might not be in the position to compete at the level we need to, right? No. I mean, gosh, I mean, you're great at what you do for sure. And, you know, and I know you're 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 getting it done. And it, it really, for me to be able to feel comfortable, even with somebody at, you know, great credit, you know, mm-hmm. everything's perfect. I just, I need all that done because yeah. there's still some stuff that's completely out of my, 
um, control, like right. a verification. Right. Man, if there's something I need from them and they're a hard company to get a hold of and we've got a short close and we need that before we can order CD, that's a lot of pressure. Right. To, you know, to perform. To perform all yeah. that. So yeah. if I were to advise you know, buyers out there, I would say just make sure you're working with a lender who understands the market, a, a lender who's got you pretty much completely approved, you know, right. outside of underwriter actually stamping their approval on it. But, you know, get it all done ahead of time. That way, when you're out shopping, you could literally write an offer that day. Yeah. Because it seems like that's what you're doing. You, you know, in some cases, <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some homes where they're reviewing as they come in still. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the cases that they have an offer review date because, you know, they're trying to get the most money for their <laughs> client, which I can totally understand. Yeah. Um, you know, so they set an offer review date so that way they can get as many showings in and, you know, as possible. But in the cases that don't have that and they are reviewing as they come in, it's extremely important to be quick and to know that you have all your ducks in a row mm-hmm. um, and that you're a realtor and that you also feel comfortable with what we're choosing on that contract because it's kind of something you can't, you know, oh, crossies, just kidding. Right. Like, <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's change this. You can't. It's a binding legal right. agreement. Right. Right. And so that actually brings me to my next point is, you know, the terms that we're seeing. So I know for me, we're pretty much doing anything we can to get these homes, right? So we are shortening escrow. Right. As much as possible, you know, and I know it, it's, it's a little bit of pressure for you guys on the lending side, right? Because there's so much that happens, you know, on that side of things with escrow. But um, what are you, what are your thoughts, I guess, are on like, especially the appraisal part? I know you and I had talked a little bit about this, but that's yeah. always a really big question people have is, hey, I'm offering all this money, but what if it doesn't appraise? Yeah. So, I mean, appraisals are still part of our battle for sure. I have been seeing... I mean, I have to be honest, I haven't been getting a bunch of my appraisals cut. For a while there in 2020, I was seeing a lot of them Mm -hmm. being cut. I'm not seeing that right now. So I don't know if appraisers are understanding better that this, or maybe it's a long enough market now that it's catching up. They're understanding that overbidding is is the value. Right, right. It's worth that. So many people are willing to pay it or, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I'm, I'm not seeing that portion of it being such a huge issue. We always go over that, especially, I mean, you know, Hazel, when you're mm-hmm. telling a client, you know, okay, well, we're, you know, we're going to release the appraisal contingency. That means if it comes in low, you're going to have to, depending on, you know, how much you're putting down, you're going to have to make up that difference. So right. you're very good about telling them that and making sure they go over that with me. Yeah. So I can make sure they fully understand, you know, worst. Worst case, you could be bringing in X amount of dollars and making sure they're comfortable with it. Yeah, and I mean, appraisals, I know it makes everyone a little nervous. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone, the listing agent, the seller, the buyer, you know, the lender, (laughs) everyone. Because we're all curious, is this thing actually valued at what we offered? And I 100% agree with you that I think that the demand is there and Mm -hmm. that justifies the price. You know, it's... It's something I've said before, but when I'm out looking at homes and, you know, um, you know, somebody's asking for maybe a, an analysis on their house, I will show you the comps, but really those <laughs> comps mean nothing, really. Yeah. They are more so just a general, very general guideline. For the most part, you're probably going to get offers well over that, that price 
that's determined by the comps Mm -hmm. and it is justified by the demand you'll have multiple offers you'll have people offering you cash you'll have people removing all contingencies willing to put everything at risk just because they want a house they want your house that bad it's the values there exactly and i and i agree with you i think appraisers um, not that maybe they didn't see it before, but I think there's more ground to stand on yeah. because this market has not changed. Yeah. It's only getting worse. So it's kind of like, okay, we either get with what's going on in the times, mm-hmm. you know, and I think they all, for the most part, are, I'm not having appraisal issues either. Yeah. I mean, that client that I just, you know, shared that story, 100000 over, that bad boy appraised for $100,000 over, which was good, you know. Right. I mean, good for everyone. The seller, the buyer felt confident in what they were offering. Right. You know, but it's just, I mean, in a market that we're in, we're so limited on comps too. Right. It's not like there's a whole bunch of stuff that's sold in the last six months. I mean, maybe there is, but you know, in a lot of places there aren't. Right. So we're working with very limited supply of anything. And the best thing we have to go on is how many offers did it get? What were the offers at? You know, know. what were the terms? All that kind of stuff. To see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only, the, the biggest factor with the appraisal is the time it's taking. And even sometimes, you know, we'll have these short closes and I'll put a rush and even like I'll have appraisers, you know, because we don't, we don't talk to the appraisers direct. We go through a management company, but I'll have them reject a rush. Like they won't even touch it. Like no matter what you're willing to pay for a rush fee, they're so busy. They don't want to touch it. So, so, you know, that, that is still a battle we have is finding people who will appraisers who can Mm -hmm. meet those times. Lucky enough, we've we've it's it's worked out. It's been close, but it's you know it's worked out. But that is the still a pending factor. And yeah, and that's a good point to mm-hmm. make because you know sometimes we get a little crazy on these terms. And <laughs> like oh yeah, seven days for the appraisal. Most likely not going to happen. Yeah. but you know I mean mm-hmm. it's it's just it's it. It sucks because there's only so much you can do on that contract. There's only so many places you can make terms different (laughs) or more attractive, and one of those is with the appraisal. And I'm very cautious to not be overzealous and put a crazy timeline on there for that. (laughs) I usually float around the two-week mark. Yeah, you. it seems to be how you're writing them up is working out perfect. Even if we hit it right on the dot, it's hitting right on the dot. Right, (laughs) and you know, and I think it's also just the way you set your clients up and the expectations on on both ends, the listing side, you know, um, setting the seller up for success also and letting them know, hey, you know, sometimes there's things out of our control and that is one of them. It's a totally third party thing. Yeah. Nobody can force somebody to go and appraise a house, you know, quicker than they are as much as we want to. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, it was interesting. I even had a client, um, they were buying in the the senior community of Trilogy, which is outside of uh, Rio Vista here in Solana County. Mm -hmm. And um, it took almost two weeks for an appraiser just to accept Whoa. People kept rejecting it. it? Yeah, and so it's it's curious because it makes me wonder, Rio Vista, for those who are listening that don't know, is kind of an outlier town in Mm -hmm. uh, Solana County. It's really like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's near the Delta. It's about 20 minutes outside of Vacaville, really in just the rural countryside. And uh, so I wonder if part of that was just because the area, there's not enough appraisers that... Yeah, they would all be, anybody picking that up would be traveling Exactly. So I thought, you know, that could have been a, an influence for sure. And then it's also very, it's a different community. It's an age-restricted community. And mm-hmm. so maybe not everyone is comfortable appraising yeah. a house in that type of development. But it's definitely something where, um, you know, when you're writing your offer is more times than not a term you are going to be shortening. But like you said, 
you don't want to kind of shoot for the stars and shoot yourself in the foot but you know within reason I think most of the appraisals are coming in knock on wood yeah at uh, our contract price uh, for the most part Mm -hmm. Um, but then also that they're coming in timely uh, where we're not waiting right weeks to get something back that would be the worst I know (laughs) but um, and so what else are you seeing kind of right now? Because I know when we spoke last, you know, there was some products maybe that kind of went away because yeah. of COVID. Have those come back? Is there anything that's changed? I mean, so everything just keeps getting better. So Jumbos, I think Jumbos had come back the last time we spoke, mm-hmm, but they're so coming back even more. So there's oh. even more options for Jumbos. So our rates are getting better on Jumbos because there's more options to shop and, um, Seconds, you know, seconds had gone completely away, came back, but didn't come back for California, then came back for California, <laughs> and then they were really strict on your credit score, and that's loosened up, and they had a, a really bad margin for a little bit, and that's gotten better. So, really, everything's just coming back better. It's slow, but it, it is coming back. I, I don't know, outside of like our our portfolio products, which weren't a big part of my business, right? Anyways. Pretty much it's all come back. We still have down payment assistance. Um, it's still uh, it's still very much out there and people are still able to use it. And actually, yeah, that's it. That's you just start making these perfect segues <laughs> and I'm loving it. I was just looking at that question. I wanted to ask you for down payment assistance because I still get that question, right? It's still a thing. People still yes. need it and you know want to take advantage of it. So what are the current like parameters for that? So it's, it's a, for the one, so we offer a couple different ones. The mm-hmm. only one that ever makes sense when I run them side by side is CalHAPA. It's still a 660 minimum credit score. Okay. Um, it still has its, um, you can't make more and don't hate me, I should know this, but it's like 166000 a year is the okay. most you can make. So it's like a reasonable amount, yeah, right? Because. Yeah. I mean, 166 is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, is that combined, too, if you have, like, a spouse or... Yeah, so cool. it'd be combined. Okay. Um, and then what else is there? So the only thing is they're not giving as much down payment assistance as they okay. used to. And depending on if you're doing a CalHAPA FHA or CalHAPA conventional, um, it will vary on how much you're going to get. Okay. Um, I think you want to plan for like 1% to 3% still down. But really the best way to kind of figure it out is um, to call your lender or call me. Yeah, Because yeah. CalHAFA has, I, I have access to their scenario calculator, which I can tweak it to exactly your terms. And then it'll give me a good number of what you're going to have to bring in but it's still much less than um you would on a normal fha or conventional loan and and i mean i know it'll change because of course when we're shooting this podcast exactly different (laughs) when it comes to anything but especially the rate how are the rates looking on those they're pretty competitive okay they are they're very competitive they used to be way far off and actually i it's funny i priced one out i I locked one i believe it was in february when Mm -hmm. i locked it I locked it a high balance at 3.125, which was a really wow. good rate yeah. um, with that one. So, I mean, they they still, they're pretty competitive. I haven't looked at rates today, but I, I know they're not, they're higher than right. ours, but they're right. not a whole lot higher 
than ours. So it's 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 a good option for people. There's some quirks to it. You don't qualify for as much using down payment assistance because mm-hmm. they're a lot more strict on their debt to income ratios. Makes sense. And like pretty big too. Like it could be a hundred thousand dollar swing, fifty thousand dollar swing. So it's you really have to run a side by side. And we say, okay, well, you could go regular CalHAPA or I'm sorry, regular FHA, and you're gonna have to bring in this much. But at least you can actually shop because CalHAFA maybe completely takes you out of this market. Right, it's just not right. High enough. That's true, and uh, and that and that's just really good. Like overall, the whole point you just made, because there's a lot of clients out there that I, I see every day that are wondering: Are down payment assistance programs still a thing? Are mm-hmm. they still available? I mean, and so it's just good to know that they are. Yeah. There's options out there for people. They just got to be willing to ask about them, right? Yep. <laughs> and do the do the proper steps to to take advantage of them. Yeah, and there's still great programs. We've had clients in Del- in a. Uh, down yeah. payment assistance. They're good programs. It's just a matter of finding out, getting it twer- tweaked to exactly your your need. And so, you know, when we're, you and I here, we're sitting here today and it's been just over a year mm-hmm. since our formal lockdown, mm-hmm. right? And gosh, it's crazy actually kind of thinking about it. I was just thinking about today. And it's it seems like it's been a lot longer than a year. I don't know <laughs> about does. you. does, yes. But I'm like, man, that was only a year ago and it feels like, it feels like years ago like I mean just I remember that feeling of confusion like what is going on yeah you what's, know. It, what's gonna happen to everybody yes, yeah that just uncertainty I mean what was gonna happen with the market I yes. mean I remember specifically having a conversation with my broker mm-hmm. and we were talking about the lockdown and at that time real estate was not deemed essential so we couldn't do our job mm. we weren't allowed well I'm sure there's people that broke the rules, but we weren't legally, we shouldn't have been doing our job. We should have been at home, right? And um, I remember having a conversation with him and he's like, well, you know, I'm actually really nervous. I'm not sure what's going to happen. You know, we totally, our market could completely tank. And I think that was the fear for a lot of people. And it actually did the exact opposite. And it went crazy, you know, good for, for not just realtors or, you know, lenders, but for sellers, for buyers, I mean, mm-hmm. things just got good all around. And it's just kind of crazy looking back on how much uncertainty there was this time in March of 2020 and where we're at today. I mean, now we have vaccines. Yes. And it's kids just... Kids are back in school. Yeah, kids are back in school. I mean, how's yes. your family, you know, your personal life going, even just it's, when it's, you're past lockdown? It's going. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I've tried to appreciate some of the changes you know of course there's so many bad things that have happened and scary stuff but you know appreciating i've had all this time at home i completely have a home office set up now we have a new puppy that is so spoiled (laughs) and here with us today for those of you who want to hear some weird noises it's her snoring she's sleeping (laughs) but um it's it's actually been good um we've gotten our groove down it was rough at first for sure but we've we've got a good groove and now with the kids going back they're they're only back part-time but it, it's just enough time for them. They needed to be back face-to-face instruction for sure. And they do somewhat get some socialization, which is good yeah, too. Yeah, better than nothing. Yes, right. and then I'm able to to work while they're doing it. So it's, you know, it's 
it's a good balance right now yeah. and I'm very hopeful that it just we keep getting a little bit better and I'm okay with it inching back the way it is and kind of you know just not jumping in right right baby steps yes and, you know um, <laughs> I mean we've talked about this I was able to get my first shot and I know yes. a couple of my family members are already fully vaccinated including my husband he works for mm-hmm. Genentech you know and so they do a lot um, as far as testing medicines and things yes. and they have a COVID drug all that good stuff but um, I mean it's just it's encouraging to see kind of where we're going I yes. mean we're starting to um we were in the um what is it the purple tier and then we went to the red Red? tier and then i think we're going closer into the orange really we are yeah so i mean hopefully nothing changes but that's what i'm hearing is that we'll go into the orange tier soon and that means we'll have 50 percent, you know capacity in restaurants and all these other things can open and so i'm really encouraged where things are going just in general with personal life yes but then also the real estate market is still extremely healthy and i think in my opinion, I, I think that it's going to stay that way. So do you think that with um, everything opening back up, people getting vaccinated, do you think that's going to encourage people to start putting more houses on the market maybe? I do, I do. And it's going to be interesting because, um, I mean, we know there's going to be companies that will stay permanently work from home. Right. There's also going to be a lot of companies going back to mm-hmm. the office. And so I'm curious how that's going to affect our market also. Because right now, part of what drives the craziness of what's, you know, <laughs> everyone wanting to buy is because there's not enough room in their current home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they have to work from home and kids were in school or in Zoom school, you know, mm-hmm. at home. And so now kids are going back slowly. Things are opening back up. People are going back to work. And so I'm curious how that's going to affect things a little bit. I yeah. think... Um, if I could kind of, I guess, in a um, crystal ball, mm-hmm. you know, kind of project things, yeah. I think it's going to it's gonna be for the better because right now our market is very skewed. Yes. It's very much a seller's market and barely, there's ba- basically, there's no buyer's market. Like it's just 100% <laughs> sellers, you know, and just, I'm sorry, buyers, but <laughs> it just is what it is. I think it's going to level out a little bit. I think that rates are going to go back up, mm-hmm. take a little bit up there. And then I think prices are going to come down. Inventory is also going to float up. Mm-hmm. So it'll level things out. And I think it'll be a much more even playing field. I still think it's going to be a seller's market, yes. 100%. I still think there is going to be the competition there. Because, I mean, they're just, we're so behind in inventory. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many people that are still looking. And so those people will float into, you know, other months until right. they find something and so on and so forth. But I think it's going to level things back out. And so I'm encouraged that it won't be so skewed our market yeah. it'll make things a little bit easier for the buyers we'll have to be as crazy hopefully aggressive as things are right now so i think it's just going to be better overall Good. for personal health for yes. emotional health for <laughs> real estate health i mean anything you could think of and i think that um i'm, I'm looking forward to the summertime i mean yes it's going to be interesting to see you know where we're at and I'm, I'm excited maybe for our next conversation where we will be at you know maybe in the summer or late summer. Yeah, I'm excited too. I, I I feel like it's always, I mean, I love the real estate market. I yeah. own houses. Yeah. I have been in it for so long. I'm a true believer in it. So I, I think it's still going to be a great time to buy. And I think people should still try to take advantage of it. I think so too. I think so. Take, take advantage of it while you can, right? Because yeah. we don't really know for certain what's going to happen. I mean, no. look at COVID. Yeah. You know, in a year from now, or well, uh, a year ago, maybe a little bit before than a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't even think this was <laughs> going to be a thing, right? And here we are still a year later dealing with the effects of it. And so 
I mean, I always tell people you can't predict the real estate market. No. 100%. Mm-mm. You buy a house when it's right, the right time for you exactly. to buy a house. When it makes sense for you and your family. Yep. Don't worry about, you know, the future. Things are always going to change. Things are always going to go up and down. Yes. But they go up, they go down. And that's just <laughs> the way it works. You ride the ride, right? Yep. And, uh, and, you know, hopefully... You know, there's people out there listening that feel encouraged that it is still a good time to buy. And it's a hell of a good time to sell. Yes. I mean, you have a lot of money right now if you're a seller. If you have a house to sell, I mean, you are, uh, you got like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. Like, that's what everyone wants right now. Um, But... You know, I like to end our podcast on a happy note. Yes. Right? I yes. love the, the positivity, and I think we don't get enough of it in today's world. We're getting better, but still not enough. <laughs> Do you have, like, a favorite quote that kind of, like, speaks to you right now? Yes. And I, I – so, okay. So the quote is, you reach a point where you don't work for money. And it was by Walt Disney. Oh, I and love I, that. Yeah, I loved it because I feel like um, – you know, just you probably love what you do, right? Yes, yes, yeah. and, and that's the thing. I mean, I love that, but yeah. I mean, it's just what's I don't even know what the saying is, but you know, do what you do or do what yeah. you love, and you'll never work a day in your right, life. Right, right. It's truly one hundred percent true. Like, I mean, yes, you can make a great living doing what we do, but that's right. not what I think about. I mean, I think about the people's lives that you get to change and help, and yes, it, it's a really, it's a, it's a great field to be in. Yeah. I love every aspect of it. So. Yeah. I love what I do. I, I know I you love what quote. you do. I do, and I love Walt Disney, so it's kind of like a perfect little little combination there. I love that. Well, I appreciate you being on this, my friend, again. Thanks and for having me. Yes, of course, and giving us some you know good knowledge and just hoping to help ease some fears out there of people who are kind of maybe a little concerned about you know is the market good is it going bad is it you know all these things so i appreciate your knowledge and you sharing that with with people who are listening here today thank you and thanks for letting stormy come oh yeah (laughs) she's so cute um but thanks so much guys for listening to this episode of real life in real estate with hazel amlin and i hope you guys are staying safe staying well out there and i'm looking forward to our next chat we'll see you soon